Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Chris's Comics, episode 6. My name is Chris, and this is a podcast about comics. And on today's episode, I am joined once again by my talk nerdy co-host, punk rock pirate time lord, Mr. J. Bidette. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm good. good. I, other than the shitty McDonald's breakfast I've had, I'm quite good. Awesome. Um, and today, we're going to talk about uh, Secret Empire, the huge summer blockbuster crossover event from Marvel. We're going to dig in deep about all that. We're going to get into some conversation about what we liked, what we didn't, and pretty much go through every issue that came out for Secret Empire. I mean, I bought as many tie-in issues as my bank account would allow me to. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I bought it month by month as it came out, so we're just going to sift through it all and talk about Secret Empire. Not only that, uh, we're going to talk about... uh, the sales charts for October as well, uh, trades and singles, and then we're going to talk about what's coming out today, and we're going to talk about latest comic book news. Yeah, so that's that's today's agenda. Um, so let's talk about the big news that rocked the comic book world. It was a bit of a shocker. Uh, Marvel legend uh, Brian Michael Bendis is now turning to the dark side. He's switching <laughs> over to DC. I mean. Nobody saw this coming. You know, he's written for Marvel for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. He's created, you know, Miles Morales and Riri Williams. You know, he's he's wrote Spider-Man forever. Um, and this was a bit of a crazy one. What, what are your thoughts on it, Job? My thoughts were... My first thoughts were... Who is he, he pissed off at Marvel? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> it was like, is he, has he been pushed or has he been... Has he just been... I fancy, you know, I fancy some, doing something a bit different. I mean, I'd love to see, I don't know about you, I'd love to see a bit of Bendis on Batman. Um, oh, no. Would you not? Oh, no, that would be horrendous. No. No? No, no. Snyder was wordy enough for me with Batman. Bendis would just, uh, no. In my opinion, that wouldn't be a good fit for him at all. I think he'd be much better suited to writing something like, Blue Beetle or something oh, like. Oh God! Really? No, but he think about it. He could do something really cool with that because, like, that's what he's he's more suited to his style. You know, that kind of like, um, well, like a, a younger superhero. He's really good at writing teenagers and their dialogue and and stuff like that. Well, then um, why not Nightwing? I don't know if even Nightwing would work. I know Nightwing's Grayson's um, not a teenager anymore, but you know what I mean. Younger. You know what? I'd like to see him on. Teen Titans. Oh, yeah, there you go. Happy meeting. Yeah, Teen yeah. Titans would be cool. Um, no, it's, it's interesting news. Um, to be fair, that I mean, Bendis with me, I find him very hit and miss. I can read something by him and think it's the best thing ever, 
and then I can read something else by him and think, what a crock of shite. Um, he tends to be a bit too wordy at times, I think, and get a bit lost in his own um, ideas with setting up stories and stuff like that, especially with the Miles Morales Spider-Man stuff, uh, the, the most recent thing that mm. he did. And I feel like he's kind of... He's run his course at Marvel. I don't know if he's he's happy there anymore. I kind of feel like... Do you think that's why... Do you think that's why maybe they've, they've gone to... Gone like, right, guys, you know what? We've been making all these extra Spider-Man, extra Iron uh, Man characters, extra Thor characters, but now they're doing the whole legacy thing and they're trying to get it all back to being about the main characters again. He's just gone, well, what about all this? I've, I've Maybe he's had some ideas. You know, I've been working on this and extra... You know, an extra Deadpool character, an extra, and then they've gone, no, no more. We just want to stick with the main ones. And he's gone, right? Well, screw you. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and go where I can do. So you might get like, because DC have been doing that a bit. There was you know, to go back to Batman again. Didn't they have there was that the Go- Gotham? It was there was two people. Just Gotham and Gotham Girl. Gotham and Gotham Girl. They're in the Tom King Batman book. Yeah, that was the whole rebirth thing. Yeah, but that's what I mean. They're like expanding on like making extra little new characters. Would do you reckon he'll go there and maybe try and make an extra? I don't know. I don't think Jeff Johns will allow that. <laughs> Jeff Johns allowed Suicide Squad, so you can. Oh, no, look, look right. Jeff Johns, he has got his 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 hands on that steering wheel, and with the DC Comics, he's steering it in the right direction. I think he's been killing it with Rebirth, and I don't know. I'm really interested. Um, to see how he will work in DC, because him and Jeff Johns. Has he ever? Has Bendis ever done a female character? Well, Riri Williams. Well, yeah. Uh, he created Jessica Jones. So would he not maybe go lean more towards one of the many female DC characters? That... Possibly. Um, seeing him on Batgirl might be quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a shocker, like I said. Um, interesting to see what's to come. Was wasn't there another artist um, who tweeted that my captain, my captain, in response to it, and people of room it was a Marvel artist or writer who tweeted my captain, my captain, um, to the seeing that news, and everyone was like, "What are you going now as well?" Because that's what that little well, maybe he's, he's just going to be on Captain America. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, just taking that. I don't know, man, um, but. He said, uh, Bendis has come out and said that um, his his final issues will be issue 600 of Iron Man and also issue 240 of Spider-Man. And he's also writing Defenders, which has been really good. So that's... See, it sounds like he's been he's been doing what well, we, we assume doing what he wants. I think that's the problem. I think... Um, let me lay a comparison here to, you know, say Scott Snyder, for example. Mm. You know, he's been doing what he wants at DC and he's been killing it. Bendis has been doing what he wants at Marvel. You know, the editors haven't been saying no to a lot of things and he's been churning out some pretty awful shit at the moment. Um, you know, Spider-Man 2 has... I mean, I've not read it, but I've listened to podcasts that talk about it and I've flipped through the book myself and it looks awful. Well, the, the art doesn't look all yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pacelli is a fantastic artist, but uh, yeah, apparently that's not not very good at all. Um, you know, that's been like five years in the making as well. It's been a flop. Um, he, apparently, yeah, he's sort of like he's been given green lights, and he's well, he's not really yeah, doing anything. 
the world's not responding to what he's doing. I just think that you know he needs a bit of an to be ruled a bit with an iron fist, no pun intended, mm. uh, with Jeff Johns, and I think he needs that sort of that editorial <clears throat> control to sort of rein him in a bit because with Bendis he, he has all these ideas and um, but they never come to fruition and he and he, he starts a storyline and then he doesn't follow it all the way through he drops little hints of bits and bobs in that seem weird at the time and then never get addressed again it, right. I find him a bit like what's the word I'm looking for um, scattering inconsistent with his writing Um and I think maybe that's the reason why he's, you know, the Marvel have probably turned around and gone, oh, actually, yeah, we hold Bendis up as this golden boy, but really, if you're looking at the material he's putting out at the moment, um, it's really not that good. And our sales are a bit, you know, diving a bit. So, I mean, I don't know. This is all speculation. Yeah. We don't know. He could have been offered more money at DC. Maybe DC and Marvel have had sort of like this, you know, tug of war over him. Like, oh, well, we can't offer him this much money, you know. To be fair, though, I did think about this. How about Bendis trying to fix the DC Cinematic Universe? Because he will be over there now. He had a hand in, obviously, Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote the Nick Fury scene in Avengers, you know, the post credit scene. Oh, did so he? he's been involved with the MCU, Bendis. So if he's going to go over and go, Here, here's some tips and tricks for So you. if him and Jeff Johns put their heads together and, you know... Come on, guys, let's get this DC Cinematic Universe sorted out. It could be good news. Yeah, yeah. So, My first tip will be do not give Superman a moustache and then try and edit it out later. <laughs> Actually, spinning off comic books a little bit here, but obviously me and Job went to go see that new Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that opening scene with Superman getting filmed on a camera phone yeah. or whatever, that, straight away I was just like, well, they're clearly ripping off Spider-Man Homecoming because that was the first scene in that. Some oh yeah, a- some amateur footage on a on a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, that didn't sit right with me at all. <laughs> anyway, coming back to comics. Um, yeah, let's talk about the main bulk of the show, which is from Marvel Comics: Secret Empire, the giant crossover summer blockbuster event that happened. And I read it month by month as it came out. Uh, Job didn't. So then I said, you know what, Job, lend my whole stack of Secret Empire. Wade your way through them, tell me what you think, and we'll talk about it in the podcast. So, you did, you read them very quickly. I did, I had then, time. Let me just illustrate this for the listeners. This is quite a hefty stack. Yeah. <laughs> and Jub did very well. Um, when I it's that... about half a cheeseburger. <laughs> when I brought that home, um, I think the missus knew that I wasn't going to be speaking to her for a little while. It was like coming back with homework. <laughs> um, Comic book homework. I did. I've just got lost in it, um, but yeah, but I'll go. I'll, you, you, you guide the way through. Yeah, this. well, we're gonna sort of like go through it issue by issue, cover a few of the spin-offs as well. We're gonna talk about the storyline, the characters, the art, what we liked, what we didn't. Um, so yeah, let's let's start off. Let's crack it open. Secret Empire issue zero. Um, so this is written by Nick Spencer, illustrated by Daniel Acuna, and Rod Rees. Um now, first of all, I just want to point out, looking at these the, the comics here on the table, the covers for Secret Empire are absolutely stunning. Yeah. I loved the covers by Mark Brooks. They reminded me a lot of um, Alex Ross kind of style, mm. like quite like quite hyper-realistic, but still comic book at the same time. And just, 
I just thought they were fantastic. I thought they looked a lot like movie posters. Yeah, they're just so good, man. I love the covers for this. Part of the reason why I bought it, you know, month to month, because I just wanted to have the physical comics with the covers, you know. Um, so, yeah, front cover issue zero. We've got Cap stood there looking quite menacing. He's got the front of his, uh, his uniform ripped, and underneath you can see the Hydra logo. So, that gives a little bit of a hint to what the story's about. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I'll just I'll read the synopsis, like the intro, um, and then we'll talk about you know the characters that are in it and what we thought about it. So, Captain America's reality has been secretly rewritten by Kobik, a sentient cosmic cube acting under the influence of the Red Skull. In Roger's new history, a Hydra agent recruited Steve to the villainous organisation as a child, and he was raised to believe in their ideology. The strong ruling, the weak for the good of all. He'll stop at nothing to bring Hydra into power. And after taking over from Mariah Hill as director of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's finally ready to make his move. Um, and so in S.H.I.E.L.D. Command, we've got Captain America and Sharon Carter. In Michigan, we have Ironheart and Iron Man. And in the Alpha Flight Space Station, we have the Ultimates. That consists of Captain Marvel, America Chavez, Spectrum, Blue Marvel, Quasar and Hyperion. Also up there in space are the Guardians, Rocket and Groot, Star-Lord and Gamora. Um, in New York City, we have the Defenders, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Spider-Woman, Doctor Strange, Cloak and Dagger, Wasp, Rogue and the Uncanny Avengers. And the Hydra forces of Baron Zemo and his army of evil. <laughs> so that's our cast of characters. So, uh, yeah, in this issue we get the... Uh, the sickening realization that Cap has gone evil. He's gone Hydra. Um, he's up there with uh, <coughs> Sharon Carter in the Helicarrier, new new uh, commander of Shield. So he's basically in charge of everything right now. Um, we get the epic battle with the Defenders in New York, and obviously Alpha Flight in space. And we have the moment where Cap's plans all come together. And basically, Alpha Flight and the Guardians get locked out in space. And um, the big, uh, what's it called? The uh, the Dark Force dimension is like over New York City, so no one can escape that. So basically, all the world's like most, you know, powerful, you know, heroes are just trapped. Some are in space, some are trapped in New York. So we've got this situation going on where Cap is really in charge of everything. His, you know, his, his plans come to fruition. So, what did you think about that opening? My biggest problem is what you literally the first line I had of this. So, bear in mind, like I'm reading it, I hadn't read the, I hadn't read the build up. I'd heard, I'd seen and heard about the build up um, through news online. People were when that first time he said "Hail Hydra" and everyone online losing their shit, going, "What the fuck do you mean, Hail yeah. Hydra?" Um, I was like, I think I've got a good grasp of what's going to happen. I'm just interested to know why is Hydra. And it was this line. Captain America's reality has been secretly rewritten by Kobik, a sentient cosmic cube acting under the influence of the Red Skull. What the fuck does okay. that mean? So in I just did not grasp that whatsoever. <laughs> going in and, and throughout yeah. all this, yeah. and I know there's bits where they carry on, but... As far as I know, the Cosmic Cube is a Tesseract. Why is it sentient? What's that got to do with the... How is it influenced by Red Skull? And I just didn't get that. Yeah, well, in order to understand that setup, that part to it, you would have had to have read 
Marvel's spring crossover event, which was um, Pleasant Hill standoff. Um, so that, you know, that addressed the whole Cosmic Cube and we got introduced to Kobik and that side of things. But it's just the way it, it talks about it. Like, you just... Oh, think a way to quickly summarise that so that they get it. I don't get it. I don't know what you mean by it. It's been secretly written by Kobik, a sentient cosmic cube. Oh, yeah. And I felt this as well. There's even, I mean, not spoilers, but later on, that they go... Oh, yeah, by the way, so, sorry, the, obviously we're going to be talking about this in depth. There are yeah. spoilers. <laughs> spoilers for Secret Empire, you know, huge spoilers. But as we go through... <laughs> like I like the one bit I was like right maybe we'll get explained in layman's terms for me as we go through the comic because obviously at some point one character is going to go what's happened to Captain America and one's going I'm going to tell you and he literally turns to him and goes oh it's just Kobik and he goes oh, the sentient cosmic cube yes he's like no no don't just act like that's normal I know nothing is really normal in these comics but fuck me that was so I had to kind of ignore that I just had to accept in my head History's been rewritten. I went on a Doctor Who kind of thing and just yeah. time's been rewritten in some It's comics, way. just accept it. Just accept it, yeah. Um, I did like this. I liked how uh, um, everyone was kind of tricked. Like, it would, that would be Captain America is a yeah. great strat- strategist and that is exactly how it would pan out. And I like... It, it's believable. Everyone would be in those places. Um... The, I, I couldn't believe he turned his back on Carol that hard. Um, that was really a hard one to accept, but he did. Um, and the artwork was really good as well. Like, yeah. I like how it's kind of sketchy. I liked that. Yeah, I love the artwork. Um, it's Is it David Acuna who did it? Uh, David Acuna. Yeah, he does some lovely stuff. I really like that. But, so let's, let's move on to the next issue, which was the free comic book day issue. All right. Um... So, oh, actually, there's one thing I do want to go back on this. I meant to do this before we came over, but there is one thing throughout each one of these Secret Empire comics, and it is and it's badly written. The amount of time they say the words, no hope. You know what? I didn't even notice that. No hope. That is the constant throughout this. But it isn't like a constant, like, cleverly written. Yeah. It's always in the narrative... Um, I bet you could find it. I bet I could find it on one more page. Oh, that's it. Or oh, the price we paid. It was always like the price we paid. No hope left. The price we paid. No hope left. Oh, and the, and that's how I knew something shitty was going to happen on the 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 next page because it would just say that it would go. Oh, and we thought we had him, but then no hope. And it, honestly, <laughs> if you could count, you could get fucking drunk. Drinking to every time you read those words. It's like a secret empire drinking game. Yeah, it was that was that was one thing I would I noticed it in this comic and just thought, okay, the theme of this particular issue is no hope. Yeah. Then it's gonna be something on that and that. Yeah. No, it was just this constant, and it was just like, oh, we get it. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> There's no yeah. hope. There is no hope. <laughs> no, see, secret empire issue zero, right? I read that and I was pretty much blown away by it. I was like, this is really interesting. Like, this could go yeah. places that, you know, the Marvel Comics universe has never gone before. You know, well, it has already. And it got me really excited with what was to come. So that was a nice little appetite wetter. And then Secret Empire comic book, Free Comic Book Day issue came out. And this was the one that really made me go, holy shit, shit just got real. 
So again, Nick Spencer wrote it. This time, Andrea Sorrento. Uh, sorry, Andrea. Can't say his name. You, you have a go. <laughs> Let me see. What am I looking? Andrea Sorrentino. Right, that fella. He, he drew it. And it's great. Like, the art in this is so nice. Like, Oh, that really... yeah, is the guy who does um, Old Man Logan. It's really like he plays to the shadows. He's stylized and quite abstract, and the colours in it are fantastic as well. Just and the the paneling choices, like really interesting. Yeah, he's good the at way, that. The way that it was laid out, I loved this. I really did. So the premise of this one was obviously we're picking up where we left off. Um, shit's going south. Cap's now in charge. Uh, the Marvel heroes are in disbelief, and you know just trying desperately to fight back and you know, regain power. Uh, but it's not happening. Cap has been planning this for years and he's a strategic genius. So it goes as you would imagine. Um, basically, all of the heroes get defeated. Oh, sorry, look at the panels on that. Yeah, so that's what cool. I was, was going to say. There's a few panels like that where if you look into like the red ones, there's an actual scene happening. Like I think in a later one, Black Widow's having a fight with Punisher. And in the white panels, you, you can see... It's part of the fight talking, but the red panels, if you look at them from far away, it's a collective panel. Mm. It was, it was, he's really good, and that's, he made the original Old Man Logan comic an enjoyment to read, if it is him who, who drew it, I'm sure it is, and the current one as well. So cool. I mean, what we're looking at here is a five by five uh, panel page. Watchman style. It's, it's quite Watchman style, but like every other panel is just coloured in red. And every other panel from that is a very muted, very grey kind of colour. And it just really sort of sets that scene of of the hectic battle and just the bloodshed and the grittiness of it all. And as we're reading through this, and shit's going south for all the heroes, obviously Thor, she drops a hammer. That who, was... Co- oh, yes. Who comes along and picks up Mjolnir? That was but ridiculous. Captain America. Yeah, that right. really that blew me. That page, that big splash page, that reveal page at the end, where Cap is stood there holding the hammer above his head. And he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. We're led to believe, but he is worthy. And I was like, "What? Wait, what the fuck? How? What? How is he worthy? This is this is incredible. Yeah. Like this really, really got me into. Can I print out something that I haven't noticed? But I because I did read this and I read that. But I think the reason that they went with this guy for issue zero is almost to give you the hope, the colour, make you think this is yeah. going to be comics, it's going to be big fun, it's all your favourite heroes together, we know something bad's going to happen, but enjoy it. When you go to jump to this one, it's meant to be, oh, it's fucking gone downhill. It's, it's just meant to make you look disparate. You can see why this totally took over Free Comic Book Day, because mm-hmm. was... People don't usually play their A game because it's a free comic book. Yeah, they play com- a fucking one hell of an ace card yeah. and totally sold free comic book day. Yeah, for free comic book day, for such a giant reveal, a revelation in a in a free comic like that, yeah. that was like a big one. So finally, we get to issue one. <laughs> <laughs> After those two, um, it's a it's a pretty hefty issue. Um, yeah, that so is it's like a trade. There were five dollar cover prices. Um, which I didn't really have an issue with paying for because it was, you know, really nice glossy cover and stuff like that, you know. Again, the artwork on the front, that uh, is like, that's definitely a movie poster. That's like Empire Strikes Back kind of shit. Yeah, I would have that like up in my room. Like, you know, you've got big cap there in the back, 
half of his half of half his, his head face almost looking like Red Skull. Red Skull. You got Spider Man front and centre swinging. You've got Captain Marvel stood behind him. Logan, Rocket, Miss Marvel, everybody. Like it just looks amazing. Beautiful colouring. Uh, so in in this issue, it's again obviously written by Nick Spencer, penciled by Steve McNiven this time, inked by Jay Lyston. I thought it was he Jay Leal then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in this one we sort of we we get um, a little glimpse into what the world is is now like under Hydra rule. So we kind of sk- skip forward a little bit. You know, we end on the last one with. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because you're the people can't see this, but Chris is <laughs> dressed in a, like a full Jedi dressing gown with Jedi slippers. He's been he, he answered the door like this, but he's put his hood up and now he's just leaning over reading this comic book, and it's like Dungeons and Dragons kind of shit. The way <laughs> 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 Thank fuck we're not live streaming this. Oh, this looks amazing. I've got Bert and Ernie pajama bottoms on. You look like what is it, the the mage or the, <laughs> the you know the one who who's in charge? Who I feel like you should take a picture of this. Oh, I do. I, so I, we I, can I, post it. So we can people but can understand. This is, is behind the scenes. <laughs> behind oh, the scenes of amazing. Chris's comics. We do not live up to those nerdy stereotypes. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you look like. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right, anyway, sorry, dude. Carry on. <laughs> it's fine. That's staying in. It's quite funny. So, yeah, we pick up um, a little bit after. You know, we skip quite forward quite a bit after Cap sort of, like, won the initial battle and he's he's now in power. He's, he's in charge of the world, basically. And we have a look at what life is like under Hydra rule. Mm. You know, we go into a school, they're saying Hail Hydra. It's just a very it's normal very thing. Reminiscent, it's <laughs> very reminiscent of how post-apocalyptic um, rewritten storyline timelines are in, like, fantasy and sci-fi, where they have, they've just, like, rewritten history and burning history and well, it's nods to Nazism somewhat in the fascism. Well, it's it's Hydra, so it essentially is. Um, but I, I thought this was a quite a cool way to open it. Uh, but also at the same time, I was like, wait, did I miss an issue? This this is this is issue one. I feel like I've missed a yeah, big chunk. Yeah, it's, it's quite a jump. But I think it had to be done to sort of move the story along because really, I mean, what would we find out? You know, it would slowly be the transition where everyone would have to be Hydra. You just want Hydra to focus and... on the heroes. You want to see the heroes and how they've dealt with it, how they deal with... No one gives a shit, really, about the, the general welfare and safety of the public in a Marvel comic and a Marvel comic universe. Yeah, but this sort of set it up and sort of made you realise, oh, my God, this is a this is a big fucking thing where, you know, everybody is, is now living under Hydra rule and being made to, you know, live their life under the regime. And it was quite alarming. But it is quite narcissistic how when... Because it's something I've noticed on this. You don't care about... The stakes are always the, the world and the people that they are trying to save in that world. But you as a reader don't actually care about the people in that world. Yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from. I just think it was a nice way to flesh yeah, yeah, out yeah, the story. Yeah. and sort of... That's why they have to do this job. Yeah. <laughs> because we couldn't give a shit about them being overthrown yeah. and ruled. So then you, you you jump on from you know the kids at school learning about Hydra history and how... They were the good guys all along, blah blah blah, and you get this uh, this this uh, scene where 
this fella's like retching and sort of like opens his mouth like and throws up like a Captain America lunchbox. Oh yeah, that is that is inhuman power. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> he can just if he focuses on something, he can throw it up. Again. Which is a handy power to have. Well, Although I'd rather shit it out. What? Than throw it up. I'd rather poo it out. Would you? Look how wide his mouth has gone. Yeah, I wouldn't want my mouth to go that big. Yeah, but you can dislocate your jaw. You oh, the arsehole. Oh, yeah, that'd get yeah, bigger as well. Where do you yeah. think your shit could... Fuck me. Yeah, I suppose so. I'd just visualise small things that would fit through my bumhole. <laughs> anyway, getting back on track to yeah. comics. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's he's doing this shit. He's just vomited out a Captain America lunchbox. Um, we go to Las Vegas for some reason. Uh, we get some more footage of Carol Danvers in space. Having a mare. Um, Does she use the words no hope? I bet she uses the probably. <laughs> we get um, we get a scene with the Hulk and Miles Morales. Oh yeah, because it was the what's names the champion the champions is it? Yeah, champions. Yeah, Fear Vision comes along, and they're basically like, "What the fuck is going on here? Uh, we've got to you know try and help." They're like they're like the runaways essentially in this. Yeah, basically, yeah. Which makes me wonder where the runaways were, but that's <laughs> that's by the by. <laughs> they ran away. They ran away. <laughs> we get a scene where Deadpool and Odinson and, and Vision, they're sort of uh, they're all working for Hydra now, basically with Taskmaster and you know. Yeah, this bit was a bit weird. Again, it was a ve- it was a big jump forward, and a strange place to start an issue one, because you kind of like wait, what have I missed? Um, but again, I'll, I'll say it probably wouldn't have been very interesting reading to see Cap come along and go, "Hey, Deadpool, hey, hey, Vision, you're you're working with me now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, Scarlet Witch is sort of is mind like controlling them all. Manipulated the more powerful characters into working for him, so he's given Vision a virus that overrides him and makes him want to work for him. Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. he's implanted a demon in her to make her uh, obey him. Um, I didn't. I, have I forgotten? Why, why does unworthy Thor, Thor want to work for him? I think he was being mind-controlled by Scarlet Witch. I think. It's, it hints that he, he just feels like he... No, it's because he lifted Mjolnir. Oh, yeah, of it's course. He, yeah. That was clever he was like, as well. well yeah, he's worthy. I thought that yeah. was clever. He lifted Mjolnir. I still can't. That must mean... He, <laughs> that, I liked that. There's really that, Those were the bits of clever writing mm. I liked. Yeah, so we move on and we get a little glimpse at the resistance. You know, um, the champions run into Hawkeye mm-hmm. and Black Widow, who are spearheading this resistance, um, and they take them to their base. We get a little bit of a scene with Steve Rogers with um, what's her fucking name? The Maria old, Hill. the old bird. Uh, Carter. Yeah, yeah. We get a scene. With uh, Sharon Carter and Steve Rogers having dinner, and she's just she's not convinced on it. She's like, "You're not the real Steve Rogers," and he's like, "Yo, I am." <laughs> uh, in so many words. But I like how um, it's Black Widow and Hawkeye who are the resistance, the people with no powers essentially. Yeah, yeah. and. And really, when he and they're standing up to Cap. Well, and because Hydra. Cap's really—he's not thought about them. He's—he's he's thought they don't even matter to think about because they don't have any powers. 
but slowly and steadily they're building this resistance and they're getting more powerful as days go by at the moment Cap's focusing on um, he's got Rick Jones as a prisoner he tries to make him give up some information which he doesn't this 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 kind of like freaked me out I can't I couldn't remember who the fuck Rick Jones was I didn't want to google him I vaguely remember him I want to say he was in Planet Hulk and I put World War Hulk sorry but you want to know something what I don't have a fucking clue who he is either. <laughs> Not a clue. Try have a quick. It sort of rings a bell, and then I'm like, I should know who this fucker I is. I know the name, but I, I could know, know in in who, like in what respect. What? Why was it so important that? Rick yeah, Jones... no, I was there with you. I couldn't remember who this fucking. Yeah, here we are. Is. The sidekick to the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but he's uh, also been the sidekick to Captain America, Captain Marvel. Um. And Captain Marvel as well. Hmm. Um, Interesting. He's just very good at learning. <laughs> that's his superpower. That's what it says. It's just like he. Um, well, he should have learned how to pick a lock in a prison. Oh, that's who he is. So Banner, Banner, he was the one that Banner pushed into a trench to save his life, and then he absorbed the rays, the gamma rays. So he was the guy that could have been the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So, but he, he's just—he's constantly been like a side man. I knew he was. Hmm. Yeah, I knew he was in fucking Hulk. So yeah, he, he ends up killing him. I think, doesn't he? Yeah, um, and he's unusually positive about like the entire time. Yeah, yeah. He's just like singing and shit. But then we go back to Resistance, um, and we get a little look at. Um, Tony Stark. That's not Tony Stark. Looks like a blue ghost. Right. What well, now? This so... was another thing. I knew. <laughs> right. I knew this has come up. I knew. Why the I knew... fuck was Tony Stark an uh, an AI? So, but so, and... he could, was capable of getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew that this would be a bit of an issue for you because obviously you've not you didn't read Civil War two. No, I'm going to guess it's like from that. Civil War two. I'm. I've, Think by the reading through again. Spoilers for Civil War Two. Is he in a coma or something? Tony Stark is either dead, presumed missing. We don't know. I, th- I don't think we. We still don't know. I'm not reading the current Iron Man series, so I don't know. But basically, uh, Tony Stark is an AI. He, you know, uploaded he, this his consciousness to an AI. Consciousness to an AI. So, but it really doesn't fucking matter. He basically is Tony Stark. It's, so why do know, they bother doing I it? I don't know. It's it's very. That's one thing that was really odd for me. It was just like, well, if you're gonna kill him off, just kill him off. But they couldn't, could they? They had to have him in Secret well, Empire. And, you know? but, and here's the thing, right? Because he's an AI. Wasn't Ultron an AI? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So wasn't Ultron's main thing that he can be anywhere, anytime, like travel through? networks and stuff why the fuck was he not like travelling through networks to fuck with stuff with the whole movements couldn't he have just travelled through the networks gone into Hydra gone into the computer and completely fucked it that's a good point um, maybe he's a different kind instead, of instead it was like you know he reminded me Rimmer yeah it was more like a hard light Rimmer <laughs> hologram yeah yeah so that was a bit of an odd one I mean you know it's it is it, what it's it is. basically just Tony Stark um, they wanted to use him for Secret Empire but they were just like, oh shit, he's kind of dead. Let's just make him a, an AI. Yeah. yeah. Let's just have him in there. But he gets drunk. I yeah. just didn't fucking... Right, anyway. It's in his programming, you know. It's in his... Pro- <laughs> simulating the Oh drunk. my God. I don't know. So yeah. he's having a chat with Miles Morales. Um, 
Miles had a really good arc in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, Miles is a big player in this, as we'll discover in a bit. Uh, he was a huge. Um, he had a huge role in this, which was quite nice to see. Uh, then we we get a bit of interaction between Black Widow and Hawkeye. Um, they like totally like almost kiss and shit. Uh, I can't remember what happened in this. It's quite a big issue, wasn't it? Like you said, it's a, lots is going. A lot of things a, are going on. Here. It's kind of like the Batman v Superman of all of them because it was like this huge trade yeah, issue. It was. It was just jumping from you know scene to scene, plot to plot. It didn't do it badly. I no, no, that isn't knocking it. No, it didn't do it badly. I'm just. It's been a while since I've read it, and I'm just trying <laughs> to make sense of it. Like I don't remember that part, but there was a lot of moving parts in this. We get Doctor Strange. He's doing some weird magic shit. Well, we get... do- I, I didn't have the Doctor Strange comics to hand to know what he was doing, but he was struggling to get through the dark, um, the dark force. Yeah, and cloak what's and dagger, it, and luckily the ones keeping everyone alive and giving them the vitamin B That's they right. need. <laughs> yeah. Can I see that one? Yeah, just one second. Yeah. Just need to find out. Yeah, it is the dark force dimension. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. We get a look at Cosmic Cube again, a little bit more information about that. Well, we get a bit of information, but we don't get fucking anything that I could go with. <laughs> yeah. And then, did, was this the one that showed that random scene near the end? Um, which really, again, threw me. No, that was cool. Like, that was cool, that one. Yeah, nice big splash page at the end. Nice big splash page at the end. Showing, like, again, them going for it. That was it. That was the other thing. We've fallen so far. We've fallen. No hope. It sounded Linkin Park lyrics. Mate, honestly, it did remind me of, like, New Metal Days reading (laughs) some of this. Um, Lady Hydra is introduced to me as well. Maybe Nick Spencer was a bit of a Papa Roach fan. But Madame Hydra, I hadn't even didn't know she was a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I will say this, for new readers or people that haven't been keeping up with the Marvel comics, this wasn't that easy to jump on with. Mm. I can speak for you there, I think, on that on that front. I mean, I try to read as much Marvel as I can, but even I wasn't up to, up to speed with everything, so I kind of had to put the pieces together as I went along in this story. I still enjoyed it nonetheless. Um so we move on uh, to the next one, which is a couple of tie-ins that I picked up. Uh, I picked up Sam Wilson, Captain America, issue 22. So we get, obviously, Sam Wilson's involvement in, in this. He's um, he's out in the desert, hanging out uh, with Falcon, the a- actual Falcon, his Falcon. <laughs> and he's just, uh, he's wanting to keep out of this. But he gets pulled back in. He's sort of reminiscing on, like, Cap and him in their glory days uh, we get a nice little montage of, of things a few scenes uh, what's next so yeah uh, Falcon sorry Sam Wilson I keep calling him Falcon do you want to call him Falcon or Cap I don't know call him Falcon Sam Wilson so <laughs> Sam he like he res- he has a little uh, he rescues some people and then he's like, yeah, maybe I should be a fucking hero again. And he like he gets in touch with Misty Knight. And this is basically just about him 
him arguing with himself. Should, yeah. he, should he be a hero? And if he should be a hero, what part should he play? Should He doesn't think he should be avenging and leading the revolution. He thinks he should just be trying to get everyone just to safety. And then Ant-Man turns up and he's like, yo, come do this shit, help us out. You know, a role, rever- of, um, a role reversal from Avengers Age of Old, uh, Civil War, sorry. Yeah, yeah. so then like, uh, he's, he's just hanging out and, you know, Ant-Man turns up with Tony Stark. He looks like a weird blue ghost in a hoodie, which is quite strange. Um, he's with Mockingbird as well. But yeah, I just thought that was a bit strange. How like, why? What is it? He's like a, he's like a ghost. Why does he need to wear a, a hoodie? So people don't see that he's an AI. <laughs> the same reason that fucking oh, cyborg, cyborg wore it. That's they all wear hoodies now. It, it, it does it. I like how it, much it, of a, an impact, um, much it Scott Lang has in this. Yeah, as well. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm a big Scott Lang fan. He played quite a, a big role as well. Yeah, and he played a very Scott Lang role, and he even plays yeah, that yeah, later yeah. on. He even like yeah. riffs on himself, like yeah. I mean, I'm being so Scott Lang throughout <laughs> this story. Um, I, I liked this one was good. This was a bit refreshing to read this because, like I said, that was really quite heavy duty. It was a lot to take in. It was putting everyone in their place. Yeah. You even had some episode. Uh, one, two, and three Star Wars kind of shit were the, like of just the politics of it, like yeah. Captain America sitting around the table and them going, and what should we do now? Well, yes, Supreme Leader, we're going to do this. And yeah. it's not interest. It's not in- interesting, but it's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was good old fashioned comic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a nice little break from yeah. the super intense, uh, you know, main run of Secret Empire. This is sort of why I wanted to pick up a few of the tie-ins because. With the main run, obviously, you know, you get the main story. That's what it's all about. But with the tie-ins, it kind of paints the picture around all that stuff Mm. that's going on. And in some ways, like, I kind of... I want to see that more than Captain America sat around a table discussing his battle plans and his strategies. You know, I kind of want to see the other heroes that I care about sort of struggling with this and and having, you know, battles and... Well, dude, like that. that right there is the difference between the original Star Wars trilogy and the prequels. The original yeah. Star Wars trilogy was showing all these other characters having to dance around what the Empire is doing. You would never so go off and go mm. in to see a main key point, the Empire's building this, mm. they're moving there. But you wouldn't fucking always see the meeting or the how they yeah. got to that. They're just doing that. Yeah. And then maybe you find out later on, this is why they're doing that for a time. The prequels went through the line of uh, the Senate or whatever the yeah. fuck it was. You followed it from the place of the Senate and every so often going back to the heroes mm. to see them blissfully unaware mm. or dealing with it. And I think that's where these times really helped. Well, that's what you know. good writing comes down to. You obviously need those points to move the story and the plot forward, but you need to have that balance. Um, so the next issue, another tie-in, Secret Warriors, issue one. It's just a one-shot. Um, and we're looking at... You've got your girl, Miss Marvel, there. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, um, Karnak. Um, so this one's written by Matthew Rosenberg, illustrated by Javier Garon. Oh, they did quite well on that one. Yeah, they? they did very well there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what have we got here? Well, it's it's just it's it's just the Inhumans, isn't it? It's the Inhumans fighting back because he's decided he doesn't like Inhumans. They're the new mutants. He's he's left the mutant so community. <laughs> he's left the mutant community. 
have their community because you know that will keep them happy. But you know, Inhumans don't want their own community, so he's treating them like mutants used to be treated, and he's trying to capture them, round them up, and probably wipe them out. So we get a pretty cool scene with Miss Marvel doing her thing and in beginning. Yeah. And, and it's pretty epic. Actually. It is pretty fucking cool. And I like get, it. You know, with Devil Dinosaur thrown in the mix as well. There's some pretty cool scenes. Nice little dynamic uh, conversation as well with Moon Girl and Miss Marvel. Um, you know, they're, they're chatting to, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. Actually, no, it's not S.H.I.E.L.D. Who the fuck is that? Uh, who's on the cover? Who's that character? The girl? Oh, it's... Um, I can't see from over here. It's Quake. It's Quake, it's mate. Quake. Yeah, it's Quake. Quake, mate. Right, so we get, so we get them talking to Quake. Um, and it's funny. There's some nice little, you know, like you say, it's a nice little break from the the, uh, the intensity of everything that's going on. And it's nice to see that they still have their sense of humour with all this world-ending shit happening. Because they're not as much, they're not as close to it as the other characters. They're not like locked outside of the of the atmosphere. They're not yeah, um, yeah. locked in a dark zone. They're just on the run, which yeah, they've been on the run before. And if they, uh, they also don't know how bad Captain America is. They're probably still under the thing, like, he could be a clone. It's not really Captain America. They're not... They couldn't... To be honest, they haven't really come to... It's very obviously a sentient cube. Which, obviously. Obviously. Do you want to flick through that? Yeah, I'll flick through that. I did like this one. It, again, it was a nice little break. The artwork was really good. Um, I am a sucker for S.H.I.E.L.D. because I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, which I keep telling you, you need to do. I also like my female ca- characters. So you've got Ms. Marvel, yes. Moon Girl, I am quite fond of her. Quake because of S.H.I.E.L.D., yes. It just it worked on so many levels for me. Devil Dinosaur being a badass. Um, yeah, you can't go wrong with Devil Dinosaur. I just like Devil Dinosaur and Giant Ms. Marvel. I haven't even yeah. thought of that concept. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is, that's sick. It just needed a giant man in there and it would have been boss. Um, but... Um, Anything more to say on that? No, it was just like a good little... People are resisting, people are fighting back. If you missed it, it didn't matter too much. But at the same time, it was quite fucking cool. Yeah, nice to just sort of flesh it out. Yeah, it, it worked. I really I, I really did like it. Like, like I say, you know, the, the tie-ins are good for finding out what's happening around this, you know, story. Which is what a tie-in is, mm. essentially. <laughs> so we're going to move on to Secret Empire issue 2. We're back with Nick Spencer, Andrea Sorrentino and Rob Rees again. Awesome cover. Love this cover. Again, yes, by yeah. Mark, Mark Brooks. You've got Daredevil there in his black costume. Doctor Strange, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and it looks great. I think it's a bit, it's a bit naughty though because if you, if you have a look, if you actually look, that's also um, dagger in the middle. Oh shit! You know, I didn't even notice. Yeah. That. So like, when you glanced at it, I thought it was Doctor Strange attacking the defenders, and I was like, <laughs> "But isn't he on their side?" And by the end of the comic, it was like. The, co- the cover doesn't make any fucking oh, sense. Welcome to comic books. And then I turn it back over and was like, no, it's not. It's meant to be them, sir. And in the middle is Dagger lighting them up. You know what? I'm so glad you pointed that out. I love this cover even more now. I just, I was like, what is that white light? It's a strange shape. I wonder what. But it's it's Dagger. You're yeah. Because right. she was uh, struggling to She's... keep the dark force at bay. You know. 
So we, we open up in, in Las Vegas. Um, you know, we, we've got the, the champions trying to pull people from the wreckage. You know, Hawkeye's there. Again, just more battle scenes. Beautifully illustrated. We get the awesome, you know, red tones. Yeah, well, he's back. He's back. That's... I'm kind of confused why they used him from this point onwards. Like, we touched on it at the beginning where maybe it was a little bit lighter to read those first two and, and then plunge you into the darkness of it. Yeah. But I kind of think he should have done it all. Uh, he, he is good at setting a, an apocalyptic vision. He did. He did a few of them. Um, but, yeah, you do notice his absence when he's not on the book. Yeah. Because other people, they have like different versions of styles, like slightly different, like slightly sketchy, maybe a bit more use of colour, maybe um, a little bit more detail on the face or something. He has such a distinct style. Yeah, his, his shadow work is ridiculous. He so plays the good. shadows. He starts with the shadow and then just adds the light to draw the character. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it and try and break it down, it is very basic. There isn't much to it, but that's what makes it so good like it's just um it's kind of more realistic i mean i prefer to see this kind of art style than you know something that's highly detailed because it doesn't look very realistic when it's like highly detailed because obviously in life you do get shadows cast and you wouldn't see the whole face and that sort of brings it all together so i don't know if he's done one but i i, I want to look into it i want to see if he's done a punisher comic because i think i do a really yeah, fucking good punisher comic that's a, that's a good point that but anyway, we digress. Just trying to uh, follow along with what's going on here. Uh, I think it's just more of the same. The resistance struggling. Yeah, this, now, this, this is a... this is where we has a bit of a problem with me. It, there was a slight repetition of yeah. Each each one of these was uh, for a few issues. It was Captain America making it. Um, sorry, we begin with the after aftermath of a big decision Captain America's made. How the resistance react to it, what the people in the dark force are doing, people deciding whether they should go after Captain America or not, um, Cap- more of Captain America planning something, kind of a, a bit of a battle scene, and then the final page being another decision he's made in action, and you could it, that was kind of the layout of, of about three or four of them. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. There was a little bit of repetition and a bunch of stuff that I feel that could have been cut out and this could have been cut down to maybe half the size. Mm. Um, you know, we could have cut out a lot of that. Uh, I mean, Doctor Strange is like on the cover of it and I thought, it, and the Defenders are all over it and I think it is set a little bit more in New York letting you know yeah. what's happened to them but Doctor Strange doesn't do too much because he had his own little side comic going on anyway and if you want to know that, that's what you've read. Yeah. I mean, we get, get a little bit, uh, again, yeah. like, you know, I, I don't want to go too much into, like, comics and how they don't relate to what's in the issue, because that's just how it is in comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you start with the Defenders, you get a little bit of Defenders at the start, uh, but I just want to mention that this this double-page splash, I fucking love this, it's so cool. Oh, that was like, really clever. It's insane. Can you try and describe this to the listeners? Right, so what they've done is they've used a series of panels from I don't it's from old comics and newer comics I don't think it's that old to be fair some of them and they come um, together to make a giant picture. yeah and what they've done is they've dyed each each panel a certain colour like a blue or a red and then they've pushed it out or white and then 
they put them all together so that when it zooms out, it you can see kind of it looks like Captain America looking down, and then you can see the Hydra tentacles around him. Yeah, and but, there's a few panels and and dialogue boxes around the side about you know Hydra, and I love that panel where like Red Skull's reading a child like a Hydra bedtime story. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool, so creepy. But this is again. This is where it tries to explain how the cosmic cube works and where it came from, and that maybe that there is a way to defeat him using the cosmic cube. Yeah. But I, I didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't understand it. Still, it was really a left by lights kind of thing. Um, yeah, I didn't really kind of understand that. Um, it was this was more about this actually to be fair to this one this was more about the resistance um deciding what to do and is it worth going after the cube um is it is it worth any you know what should they do should they kill captain america and it was kind of interesting but at the same time it kind of also it, seems a bit petty yeah it, i think this issue for me was kind of the lull after the excitement the first couple of issues was like whoa you know shit's going on, you know, and now it's kind of like, we're getting a bit of backstory about the cube and about, you know, the rewritten Hydra history. We're getting lots of dialogue with the defenders and the resistance. It it didn't really do much for me, this issue. I loved the art in it. I loved Wilson Fisk appearing and oh, yeah, beginning yeah. what is now going to... Is, yeah. he, is, he, is he, again, spoilers, is he now, he's mayor now. I don't know. I've not been reading that. That's the plan. So he's he's. This is how conniving. Or, or is this how it finished? So no. What's happening? Yeah. Wilson Fisk throughout these. Yeah. Is doing nice things and Daredevil's yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Nice things. And he even says, and people will remember that I yeah. did nice things no, that during was a, all this. That was a really clever. He um, plays to strength that character, yeah. and I really yeah. like that because but, that's what he'd do. Like yeah, it's almost like. Um, I don't want to go too too political on this show because that's not what this is about. But in the current climate that we have with politics, there's a few people that I could imagine acting in that way. If there was a, a giant global catastrophe, that what's thinking going how on they here, would benefit. Yeah, this is what would happen in real life. You get a big figurehead like that gaining the trust of the public, and then looking at the long game and thinking, when this is all over, I'll have it all. I mean, another thing in this was uh, Black Widow recruits the champions, which is dark as fuck, because it's like... Oh, yeah! Black, Black Widow Shit, is, yeah. like, one of the darkest characters, really. She pretends to be all smiles and sunshine a bit, but we all know there's something bad behind her. The champions are just fucking kids. Yeah. And she's like, we're going to kill Captain America! Yay! <laughs> that scene with the interrogation scene, and the champions are just like... They just know we're in over our heads like yeah, this. Yeah, why did we agree to this? Yeah. Now, this was where it got p- pissy with me. We're still on issue two here. Um, this. This right. part of it, so right? Different artwork comes in, so, completely throwing yeah. me off. And this entire thing of... I, I, I knew it was something to do with a subconscious or something like that. Yeah. Running throughout it just... So this is where... we Pissed me off. This is where we're first introduced to what's going on in the Cosmic Cube with Kobeck, and we see a Cap- Captain America. Is he is bearded Captain America? Well, we don't see him at first. We see Kobeck. I assume that's Kobeck. I, I, again, I was never clearly the sure. The little girl. Little girl yeah. running around. She's running from some 
weird looking monsters and on the very end that panel hi my name is steve rogers i'm just trying to get home oh yeah yeah so we get the bearded captain america of steve rogers yeah he's not got his uniform on and we're sort of slowly putting the pieces together and we're like oh okay yeah like you said it's some kind of he's he is there somewhere he's trapped in the cube so that so we get this part of the story interspliced in every issue to come and I quite like that, the way that they sort of moved it along like that. Now, um, without ruining something for you, because I know you, you bought them recently, um, there's, there's something kind of similar, but what do you, uh, there's something kind of similar in respect to that that's been done before in another comic. Um, and it did it a lot better, if I'm honest, than that. A lot better. <laughs> Are you talking about Superior Spider-Man? Maybe any I am. <laughs> Superior Spider-Man. Something similar-ish <laughs> okay. happens, okay. Um, without me digressing. But when you get to that bit, you'll know what I mean, and you'll be like, "Yeah, this okay. this was an e- and it, it was an easier way to do it." That was kind of I didn't like that. I love the art in that. Like, so so I far, it was really good. Well, now we've done how, how many issues have, have we gone through? We're now on issue three of Secret Empire, believe it or not. Right. <laughs> so, and it's kind of been right now. It's been up and down. Been up and down. Yeah, it's been up and down. We we, we pick up in issue three where we left off in issue two, which is you're in the co- cosmic cube. You've got Steve Rogers um, trying to help Kobik. Um, is that Kobik? I you see. I, I I think it. I was, <laughs> I was made to think it was Kobik by the end of it, but at the beginning of it, I didn't know. It was really fucking confusing. I don't know. And I hated the artwork because I, I, I know it was nice looking and everything, but I, I felt like, like I was reading um, something out from Image, and then yeah. to go turn the page to go to that, it was too much of a change mm. to go back to the, that old man Logan artwork. I get it was that's meant to be to give the idea of dream and reality. But it didn't work for me. So, yeah, we move on and we're now in the real world. We've got uh, Rocket and little baby Groot sat on Hawkeye's shoulder, which is quite cute. Mm. Oh, no, it's not Hawkeye, sorry, it's Peter Quill, obviously. Yeah, because they're, the, they're stuck on the outside. Um, that's actually, that's one thing that I will say that's a little bit of a drawback from Andrea Sorrentino's artwork. Sometimes with his heavy shadowing, uh, quite abstract lines, it's hard to sort of distinguish the characters some characters he can't draw because because he can't get the uh he, he, he likes to draw in the dark and these characters we're not used to seeing in the dark so but he does do a very adorable little baby group <laughs> he's got little little tiny red red dots for eyes and look at that little pal of him like, smiling <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was really cool Again, really interesting choice with the panelling and, and the colours here. Yeah. You know, we've got a firefight between the Guardians and Hydra. Um, I love the way that the, the Hydra, the speech bubbles are, are green. You know, yeah, that's too. cool. Uh, look, at, I mean, look at that panelling. It's so abstract and cool. Like You've got like the, the stars and stripes and really nice, nice looking book. So right up to there, it's like, what was that panelling all about? Was that them like, going for... That was the Guardians running from Hydra, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as we move on, what have we got here? We've got Wasp with the champions. Um, this is the torture scene you were just talking about, I think. Was yeah. Building up to, no, this is the first... Their first mission with Black Widow. Uh, That's right, going yeah. to 
kidnap someone, um, and then and them two reacting off of each other. Her, she's gone to being very serious Black Widow, and they're being the hey hey we're the champions of America today, and <laughs> it's just it not gelling that well. I love this scene here where we've got like Taskmaster and Baron Zemo, you know, fighting in space, and they've got like little. Sp- Spaceman helmets on. <laughs> Can I point out, like, Taskmaster is a prick, isn't he? Yeah, but he's so fucking powerful. Like, he gets overlooked, but he's he's such a cool character. But he's like, always, he's like, he's just a prick, and I I I just love seeing like. Why does he wear that skull mask all the time? That's that's his head. It's not his head, isn't it? I've looked it up. I was like, mm. so what's the what's the meaning around it? It's a fucking mask. Mm. It's just a guy walking around with a giant skull mask on. Reckons he's Skeletor. <laughs> I just love seeing him with a Hydra patch on his shoulder. I think he does so suit cool. Hydra. He does suit Hydra. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, again, like I can't be stressed enough how awesome the artwork is in this. Yeah, with the reds. Well, that's a really clever panel showing Steve Rogers um, in front of Hydra. And he's done it all the art in black and green. So even though he's in mm. his Captain America outfit, yeah. it's draped in green of Hydra. Really, really, fun. really moody. Um, nice silhouette work as well. This is really gothic like comic in some respects. Actually, you know what? I just want to correct myself. Um, they're not in space. They're under the water. Under <laughs> the sea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have we got now? Go back to the Cosmic Cube. Uh, Steve Rogers is cradling, who I think is Kobeck, but might be might be uh, Sharon Carter. Yeah, mate, sure. it's so confusing. Now, this is, <laughs> this is, again, I just didn't get what this was. This It just didn't make sense. They didn't outline anything. They didn't address anything I, to me. I just, it was so confusing. And it made me, I think it was meant to make you have hope or question what's happening in the real world. But instead, it just made it messy. It was a very, a very Batman v Superman mm-hmm. story arc happening in the background that I, I didn't need. I'm pretty sure it's Sharon Carter because Kobex like a, a little girl. This I know, is a fully but I grown couldn't fucking woman. tell. So we go back. Uh, we see Hawkeye. Um, he's chilling out. Maxim, relaxing. <laughs> he's kissing some money and telling telling it that he loves it. We get a big boom, and in comes the Punisher with a fucking Hydra skull on his T-shirt, and yeah. it looks amazing. And why do, do I not own that T-shirt already? That's so cool. You know, the Punisher was made for Hydra because, you know, he he is military. Yeah. He will, you know, I thought that was a really cool touch uh, and really believable to, you know, the character of the Punisher that he would follow Steve Rogers' orders. He, you know... It's not so much Steve Rogers' orders as well. He's, he's like, going, finally, you're not just being a pussy and you're killing some people, the bad guys. Well, you know, we'll see in the next issue, I think, how much he respects Steve Rogers. You know, Punisher doesn't really respect anybody, mm. but Steve Rogers, is, he does as he fucking says. You know, like, I think... Um, getting a bit ahead of ourselves here, but there's a scene where... Uh, Baron's Baron Zemo or somebody comes in and, and tries to talk to him or give him orders and he's just like, fuck, fuck you, you. Where, where's Captain America? I'll speak to him. And then as soon as he turns up, he's like, yes, sir. Like, yeah. You know, it's just pretty fucking cool. Yeah, 
Hydra Punisher, awesome. That was a nice little touch. It was a weird issue though, because yeah, yeah. Like, think if you could listen back to what you just said, you didn't really say anything at all. Like nothing really happens too much in this, other than they go on that mi- they go on that mission. And it, the mission happens, but we don't know what the result of it is because something um, they bring back something that someone they don't know. We then go to again Steve Rogers doing more politics, which we said was a bit boring. We went into the cosmic cube thing, which was a bit. You didn't like that. Part. I hated all that bit, um, and then then yeah, then at the end, there's a Punisher. And that's the big thing. Oh, the Punisher. But yeah, nothing happened to me in this issue. And I began to get worried until... Issue four. Now, this was my absolute favourite issue. It, is that why you Instagram this one? I fucking <laughs> loved this. So, first of all, look at the cover. Awesome cover again by Mark Brooks. You have Ultron slash Hank Pym in the background. Captain America Iron Man fighting in the foreground. It's a pretty simple cover, but it's just so comic booky and awesome. Yeah. Love it. So, um, yeah, we start with uh, we're in the Cosmic Cube again. The real Steve Rogers is is fighting. Um, and then Bucky and Sam Wilson turn up. And he's like, bros! Yeah, yeah have and again, now. I didn't. I, I we, we we get past that, and it it just didn't fucking matter. It was so unimportant. But again, it it didn't ruin this comic for me. So um, what you're referring to in the, in the last issue with Black Widow and the Champions, um, it's called the Red Room. That's the Red Room, matter because she just her draws her blood along it. Iron Hearts with them as well, and Falcon, not Sam Wilson, the yeah, new, yeah. new Falcon. Um, we, we we keep calling the resistance the resistance, but they're actually the underground. It's called the resistance. Yeah. It's because we're because you're wearing that Star Wars fucking <laughs> dressing gown. Of course, Namor Namor's in Atlantis, and he's a big part of this. That's where they were in the last issue mm. underwater. So we open with the scene where I was just talking about how um, the Punisher uh, he only responds to a hologram of Steve Rogers. Yeah, he salutes him. It's cap. I just, I really like that dynamic. You know, yeah. I, I, really... I noticed we're not using what's his name anymore, uh, Logan. Artist. Oh no, yeah, we get a new artist on this issue. Maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why you like this one quite a lot. Yeah, I think it... maybe he made this one pop, and it needed to pop because, in yeah. actual fact, we're dealing with it. Gets a bit zany this one. It gets yeah. a little yeah. bit weird. But like you say, I mean, the artist on the on the last few issues very very cool, and but it's quite gloomy. It's quite depressing. We get Lenil Francis Yu on this one. He's the penciler. And it's it's really nice stuff. It's kind of a nice, happy medium, a balance between, you know, the dark, shadowy... The balance between good and evil. And, <laughs> and not too comic booky. It's cool. Um, we Then we see Black Widow interrogating a Hydra agent in the Red Room. And this is the bit you were talking about, where they're like, oh, we... we this was really fucking cool because they're like no show some mercy on him he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know anything and then he tries to go and fucking kill the kids mm. and then she's like you're all fucking idiots yeah, she just, I'm the only one who knows what I'm doing she just guns him down oh as he it's brilliant to I love that yeah. I was because that tore me to pieces because mm. I was like yeah what do, what do we do for these kids yeah. <laughs> no I think that was a really important part for the champions in the red room you know 
<laughs> that. <laughs> That's just your car rolling down the hill, it's fine. Because <laughs> they earn a big lesson there. Yeah, that this is, they're not fucking around anymore. Yeah. This is this is some next level for they're not they're not on the Marvel fucking Disney cinematic universe anymore. They're on some Netflix shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some Daredevil Netflix shit. <laughs> yeah. So we go to Alaska now. Um and see the city's full of Ultrons. Uh we get ghost Tony Stark. Yeah, I'm gonna keep calling him ghost Tony Stark because he <laughs> looks like he looks like Casper. He's like glowing blue. See, and again, just something to point out, like he's nice, it's very clear he's an AI and he's blue. In the last issue, I did not only notice when you were just going through it, wherever Tony Stark is on one of these pages, they don't even bother to light him up blue. He's just he's... <laughs> Have they forgot to make him ghost? Yeah, I'm sure they forgot to make him ghost. Yeah. You, you just flicked it then. Yeah. And I was like it's either, it's yeah, he's definitely in here. He's definitely in here. Uh 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 where are you, Tony Stark? I, I, he might be on this page, but I don't know because he they've done him black. I think he was on that page, and I can't tell because he's yeah. black. Yeah, because they're talking about it. So he is. He's that's him. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> that's a misstep, that isn't it? Yeah, he's he's black. Well, at this point, we've kind of forgot. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we don't care. Yeah, okay, that's behind. <laughs> it could be real. But this sort of was matter. amazing. It made me want to read Rage of Ultron, right? Because yeah. I love this Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. mad zany Joker fucking character of Ultron and Hank Pym. Yeah, where he's yeah. got the. It was genius. He's half and half. Oh, like, and you see him, um, and and Jarvis is like they've arrived to. And he's got plans, you know. And actually, I'm just remembering this issue now, and it is a fucking good issue. It's so good. <laughs> Very good. Um, you got Ant Man and Black Ant. So we get a bit of the the Maximoff twins with Hercules there. They're really nicely drawn as well. Everyone's nicely drawn. Mm. It's a proper look at that. Look at that action scene there. I know it's boss. Absolutely boss. Do they know at this point? I can't remember. Do they know that Ultron's there at this point? I can't remember. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. sneaking in and they yeah. just completely blow or both their cover. They're both teams sneaking in and they're both blowing the cover. And then Ultron comes in and, oh, it's so good. And mm. Iron Man and Captain America going face to face again. Yeah. That looks awesome. And Ultron just comes in and just goes, everybody stop. Let's have a lovely tea party. <laughs> So he captures them, and he he just makes them all sit down at a big dining table. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely great. And, and he's great. he's got a, a a penny on. He's got. Didn't kiss the overlord. <laughs> it's amazing. I fucking loved this. Yeah. This is what it needed. It needed yeah. some characters like this in yeah. it to spruce he's, it up. He's got a big carving knife, and he's got his a uh, kiss the overlord penny on. Is it called a penny? What do you call it? It's called a penny. A chef. Chef chef's penny. penny. Um, I'm just questioning myself because on the last episode I kept calling tents. Uh, <laughs> you called them. So, I know you called them gazebos or something like that. It's a fucking tent. And then you called them something else. Whatever. You said a tent, and yeah. then Eve corrected us both. What was it? I can't even remember anymore. I'm still. It's not a tent. Tents. It's not a marquee. It's a. Was it um, a marquee? Well, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. it's a marquee. It's yeah. a marquee. That's all right. I'll cut that out. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we just get this uh, really interesting scene where Ultron slash Hank Pym 
because he is half and half. His head is half Ultron, half Hank Pym, mm. um, and he's just he wants to discuss everything with them, um, and <laughs> it's just it's really interesting dialogue. It's fun to read. It's a conversation <clears throat> that oh, it just it just plays on old Avengers stories that Hank Pym. Rise and fall of such a, a of a character. Yeah, because like Hank Pym's like trying to you know get on his high horse, and then Tony Stark comes round and he pulls the ace card and goes, "Yeah, but you fucking slap your wife about." Yeah. And he's like, "You fucking what, mate?" <laughs> and then he like he just kicks off and says, "How dare you!" I fu- I, I love <laughs> this. I, you know what it reminds me of? I've, you've not read it, but um, Death of the Family. Um, there's this, there is a scene again similar, um, a dining room scene, and it was just like that. These characters sitting down, I mean, put in such an odd position, and it, it's a bit like—is it Reservoir Dogs when they're like this? I've not watched Reservoir Dogs. I think it's in, it's a Reservoir Dogs. Someone correct us if I'm wrong, but I think it's in Reservoir Dogs when they've all got guns to each other's heads and they're just stood round and they've got to talk. Yeah, that's what that situation yeah. is. Yeah. Everyone's got a gun to each other's head there. No one can just pull a trigger it's about a war of the words who's cleverer and it's fantastic and Ultron thinks mm. he's in charge but in actual fact he's the easiest one to manipulate yeah. well at the end of the day he lets his emotions get the better of him um, I, yeah the dialogue in this was really really interesting really. such a good that I love yeah. that and it really got me excited for what was to come yeah so he kicks off they have the inevitable giant battle and um, both sides go away. It's a draw. <laughs> and Ultron just goes, farewell, safe travel. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's just <laughs> off his fucking rocker. We need more of this character and in this this Hank Ultron in in it more in the comics more. <laughs> and then he's just having a chat with Steve Rogers at the end. Um, and then we finally see Steve Rogers in full Hydra. Hydra. Yeah, Captain Hydra. Which I thought made him <laughs> look like uh, what's his name from Watchmen? Um, oh, Ozymandias. Mandias. Yeah, he yeah. looks like Ozzy Mandias a bit. Yeah, lovely big splash page at the end to be concluded because we find out that there is a a traitor in the Resistance. Yes, the underground. Yes, and I'm like, it's clearly Mockingbird. How wrong I was. Oh, how wrong? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was the same. I was like, I did not think it was gonna be. My uh, my hero. Yeah, but you can see there on his face, he's sad. Ant yeah. Man, he's Hank Pym, not Hank Pym. Fucking the other Ant Man, Scott Lang. Scott Lang. He but here's is, the thing. Uh... Here's the thing. Now this is where, like, this is a tale of all about how um, Captain America took life and flipped it upside down, and he's going to be the now, one. This is a story. Yeah, all about how. How I started off. <laughs> But Steve Rogers, the rise and fall of like everyone's hero. Scotland's my hero, and this was my like <gasps> no, like that. Honestly, yeah, it was, it was, it was so heartbreaking. That, so that's not been revealed yet. We're jumping ahead. Yeah, let's have a little bit of a fun break with a tie-in issue, and that's Deadpool number thirty-two. I wondered why you wanted me to read this because uh, well, I didn't. It was a tie-in. Well, a very, yeah, yeah, very yeah, loose tie-in. I thought. It was a, I thought this is an odd thing. And I didn't realise how much Deadpool is involved in, in this storyline. And I didn't know whether they were doing it because Deadpool's become Mr. Popular now. Or... Yeah, to be fair, I mean, they've really pushed Deadpool <laughs> in the comics. 
you know, he was in the Avengers at one point. Yeah. You know, the Uncanny Avengers. And obviously because of his popularity rise, you know, with the film and everything, they are trying to make him a bit of a, 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 a big player when it comes to the stories, the big crossover Deadpool's, stories. The Deadpool dollar, basically. In essence, yeah. I mean, I picked up the variant cover for Deadpool 32 because it was Mary Jane Deadpool, and I just loved well, the way it looked. Well, do you remember <laughs> when I used to pick up Deadpool, I would only pick up variants. So yeah. Like, only the, variants, because the, the variant covers are always cool to look. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably frame this at some point, because I just I love it. I think it's awesome. It's got Mary Jane, she's... Dressed as Deadpool, she's like throwing some bombs, some grenades, <laughs> and she's got a little Spider-Man doll just tucked in her belt. Oh yeah, I it's like really that. cute. Um, so yeah, you, as you say, you'd be like, well, how does Deadpool tie into all of this? But we find out that he is, you know, he's working for Hydra, he's working for Cap, which makes sense. He's a merc for merc for hire. He's a mercenary. Yeah. Well, he, goes where the, he goes where the dollar goes, and if the whole world is gone bad, um, that isn't his problem, unfortunately. But then we see the side of Wade Wilson in this comic that makes him different from the Mercs. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that he had a daughter now. That's just happened. But I was like, okay, I'm no, rolling back. So he's taken it to I school. He takes it to school on his motorbike, dressed in full Deadpool costume. Yeah, like that. <laughs> he just goes everywhere as Deadpool. He's like the coolest dad ever. Um, and it's just a little bit of a look through his journey and his place in all of this uh, with Hydra. Yeah, <laughs> the great thing. There's a great scene in this where, like, oh, are you, go he, on. he drives past a load of Hydra agents. Uh, they're burning all the history books. You know, on the cover of one of them is Captain America punching Adolf Hitler. You know, America at war, how World War Two was won. And they're like, no, no, we've got to erase all this history. So they burn these books. And one of the, the Hydra agents, he puts his, his fists in the air and shouts at Deadpool, the great delusion burns. And Deadpool just flicks in the devil horns and goes, "Cool story." <laughs> yeah, I also like him how he's like saying like, "Real Vidra, oh yeah, Sidra. <laughs> like that." And I'm like, "What did you say? <laughs> Nothing." Nailed Hydra. <laughs> yeah, on this one, like uh, you know, obviously he's hanging out with Hydra, and and they obviously say hail Hydra all the time, and he's leaving the room, and and one of the Hydra agents says, "Aren't you forgetting something?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, fail Hydra," and he's like, "What?" Uh, Gale Hydra, <laughs> Nail Hydra. Yeah, I like that because it's a, that's that's the subtle. It, he's joking, but at the same time, he's still not being the bad guy. He won't say Hail Hydra. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, this is a side still, of him. Yeah. Taskmaster would say fucking Hail Hydra because he's a fucking prick <laughs> and has no backbone. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a fun Deadpool book. I really enjoyed this. Loved the art. Loved the action. Uh, I loved like the how the the story of him taking his daughter to school kind of subtly paralleled with him having to go to work now and what he has to deal with and how he, he could he could end it all. He finds, he, this is how good he is. He's willing to still be a, a, a third player, to be a, a Z player in the Marvel Universe. He has just tracked down fucking Hawkeye and all the underground and the resistance and he... he He's done it because he knows all these characters dead well, but he's not going to go and brag about it. He's not yeah. going to go and tell them all. He's going to pretend like he's actually shit and can't find them yeah. just to give them a bit of a sporting chance. Yeah. And all them characters will never know that Deadpool is better than them, both morally in one respect and tactically. Yeah. It's no, fantastic. I, I totally agree. And 
I'm really glad that I picked up this issue for, I'm glad you, for I'm that glad reason. I'm glad I read it as well, especially yeah. just after reading that issue four. I was yeah. in a chipper mood. You were on a high from yeah. issue four, and then you get this awesome fight scene with Speedball. I love the colours <laughs> in this. It's just it's just really cool, um, and like and like you said, it was a quite a surprising uh, issue. You know, I didn't I didn't expect to enjoy it and. Um, I didn't expect it to have as many ramifications as it as it does on Deadpool as a character and his involvement in Secret Empire. I thought it was really interesting. I think yeah. it cleared, cleared his name so he could make... I didn't feel bad that it was in Secret Empire. That's why I kind of, mm. like, to go into later issues, Taskmaster kind of, like, goes, oh, well, it looks like we're going to lose. I'll, I'll help you guys now. It's, that's such a fucking cowardly fucking thing to do. Deadpool, at least... So as you say, he, he he's getting um, told what to do. He's trying to find the underground, which he does. You know, he's undercover he in the desert, and he's uh, he sees Quicksilver um, delivering something to Clint. Can I point out how much I hate what Quicksilver wears? You don't like his his purple leotard. It's the fast forward symbol. Oh, that yeah, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, he's not a VHS fucking tape. <laughs> it's very nineties. It's so it's so bad. Like, come up with you know the Flash has a cool lightning bolt. You've got you know the Flash is as fast as lightning. You're as fast as a fucking VCR. <laughs> you know, it's fucking shite. Yeah, but that that can was. I pu- can I pause you? You know. Do you want to have a little flip through in case you want to I cover mean, anything? I know. I think I think you cover yeah. it all. I really. It was an unexpected little little delight. That I really liked it. No, I. Yeah, I I can't think of anything that you didn't st- stay on. There's just enough quips. There's just enough of dealing of. of it's it's realistically. Very realistically high. Oh, that was the thing, right? Speedball. Actually, you did, you touch on that. I don't understand Speedball's powers. Can nothing like touch him? Does he just like re- rebound off him? everything? Just rebounds off him. Oh, I, d- I don't know. I don't know enough about him. I, d- I understood it when I read it, but I can't remember. But why? I think it was that. But why does um? I'd never heard of him before, and I didn't get why they wanted him, like, at all. And then he never came up again, like in the main ones. No, like, no, it's just a. Uh... Little side character just to throw in. I also point out that the you've got to watch how you write Clint. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it says it, I read that first in poor Quicksilver, Quicksilver letting Cunt use him as a delivery boy. <laughs> There's actually um, I can't remember what comic it was in, but it was a similar one where someone was shouting Clint, <laughs> and it was in like big capital letters and the L. And I were very close together, and it just looked like the character was shouting "cunt." <laughs> oh, actually, he does say "Hail Hydra" at the end. Yeah, but that's after he's done his that's, fuck you to them, and that's where it finishes on him very reluctantly. I mean, obviously, you can't see his facial expression because he has a mask on, mm. but he's drawn in a way where you can tell he's he's reluctantly. He's got his head down. He's just like, oh. Hail Hydra, you know, just yeah. like fucking hell. I also like that the preview for Deadpool number thirty-three. There's so much going on here. He's threatening the head teacher with a th- with a phone. 
Her bag says, I love dad pool. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says, Miss Swan's attention, two more will take its place. Yeah. <laughs> now that's the cover for the next issue. Oh, is it yeah. the cover? Oh, I yeah. love that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's cool. So we're moving on to Secret Empire issue five. Can I see the cover for this? Cover is again by the fantastic Mark Brooks. We have Hawkeye on the floor, bruised and beaten, aiming his arrow at a mystery figure who's coming towards him. Which had nothing to do with anything that was in this <laughs> comic. So again... Comics, covers... Oh, that really fucking threw me again. And behind him is the classic. All the heroes defeated on the floor, piled on top of each other in a heap. It was a little reminiscent of... Is it when Miles Morales... Is it issue yeah, two? Yeah, or, yeah, is it yeah. issue one or two? Yeah. When there's all the heroes defeated, but he's managed to save the day and he's just stood over them. So, we dive back into it. Who's on this one? It's Andrea Sorrentino again. Yeah, so the one who just did issue four. Mm-hmm. And um, Black Widow has been captured. Um, and the champions are... Trying somewhat, to save her. Yeah. Got Viv Vision merging through a wall, trying to infiltrate where she is. But Black Widow is extremely clever and realises who she's going to be captured by, who she's going to be interrogated by, and knows she can turn her. And, make, yeah. and so I like that. We get Madame Hydra in there as well. She's, she's in More of that here. bullshit. More, of, More the... of that bullshit. And he looks... It doesn't look like Captain America there. He looks like um, fucking... Thor. No. He looks like that that uh, cook with the blonde hair from America. Oh, what's he called? You keep going. Keep going through. The I'll cook find... with the blonde hair. Yeah, honestly. Me. You'll... Blonde. <laughs> You're not Googling that, are you? I'm telling you that. Blonde hair. American. Are you talking about Guy Fieri? He looks like Guy Fieri! <laughs> Look at him! That's Guy Welcome Fieri! Welcome to Diners, Drivings and Dives. Yeah. I'm Guy Fieri. <laughs> and I'm in the Cosmic Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to be fishing. Yeah, exactly! Harpoons. You can just like hear like, we the three best friends that anyone could have in each of these panels. And it just sticks out like a sore thumb. And Steve Rogers slash Guy Fieri's hanging out with Bucky and Sam and they're having a whale of a time. They're fishing. They're sat around a campfire. And he's having peace. Which, his... none, which doesn't fucking matter. I don't give a shit about. Yeah, it's just to say, oh, good, but, good Captain oh, America's still this here. This next panel. Okay, here we go. Oh, we have Black Panther sat in his throne. And uh, Tony Stark, who is looking less and less like an AI. Yeah, I every guess, issue. see what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. in fact, hold on, we've just had three different artists now. Look, because we're back to uh, Logan Man. Uh, so Andrea is... Sorrentino. There we go. Let's have a look at the credits on this. Hold on. Let's see. This is what. And I, now this is what confused me. They started to use about three or four different artists. Oh, we are. Yeah, you're right. Additional art by Rod Reese and Joshua. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's, they, actually, they, there's four artists on this. And film. that really hurt my eyes. It yeah. wasn't done in a clever. It wasn't done in a clever way. It was just done in a in a way. It didn't work for me. But again, the panel's fantastic. Yeah. Um, really interestingly done. But they clashed. Now, is this where the pl- this is the big plan? We're on um, Madripoor now. Uh, we get Tony Stark with. Who's he with? He's with Hercules. Hercules. This is them trying to get. They're trying to get some cosmic crystals. Um, shards of. Oh it. yeah. See, this is where the plot sort of moves forward. And it becomes the idea is that the underground have to find the shards 
um, to to complete the cosmic cube so they can restore the original Captain America. So this is the sort of the main plot of the whole you know the whole series now as we're moving forward because up until this point it's kind of been like uh, the you know the underground struggling to regain power and then now they've found a way to do mm. it now they've found a way to sort of turn the tide um, and we see the shot of Mjolnir on the floor um, which I'm like oh yeah we never even, he's never even used that so and then Beast is like why why have you left it sitting there just on the floor and he's like. Uh, is it like as a reminder? What does he say? He says, is it, is, I'm sure he says something like, it's a reminder or something like that. Oh, I think he says something like, he leaves it there. Um, he says, the inscription says, whosoever, if anyone would like to be tested, they're welcome to try. So it's kind of like him saying, reminding everybody like, yeah, just I'm just leaving it out in the open here. You can pick it up, but you can't. I'm the only one that can do I'm that. I'm the OG. You know? Yeah, so it's quite a cocky little. I'm the real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> so he jumps on his hydro helicopter and fucks off. We uh, see that Vision and uh, Black Widow, uh, not Black Widow, and Scarlet Witch are trying to fight back from the programming, yeah. um, but it's not working. He's still got it all. So, and as far as he's concerned, everything is going swimmingly. Which now this is maybe a problem with the story. It is. And mm-hmm. we're up to issue, what, five now? Ever since he's took over, nothing has happened. Nothing really has happened. Oh, that's why I like number four. Well, number it... four was interesting because these two teams finally met and had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, slight events have happened to each of these teams, but they ha- the pieces haven't really moved. The, the defenders and everyone are still in New York and a dark force. They've been there. The uh, the ultimates are still on the outside the atmosphere getting attacked, but nothing has really happened. Nothing has changed there. The underground are still. I've, I've only just decided to send some people out to get some of these shards, but that's about it. That's not changed anything. And Captain America is still the learning how to reign. It well, wasn't... he's he's the thing is with Captain America and Hydra rule now. That 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 is it. Hydra is ruling. He has won, as far as he's concerned, and the world is living under Hydra control now. So really, the the story is about the underground trying to you know. I know, but rise up. Oh, if you you've never watched it, but Agents of Shield season what are we on now? Season five, whatever the last Agents of Shield was, was quite a clever part of the part three of the series where they accidentally get put into a virtual reality um, where Hydra rules the world. Um, and uh, it's Agents of Hydra. And it's absolutely riveting, even though it actually technically has no consequences because mm. it's all virtual reality. It was absolutely riveting, dead interesting. There were so many moving parts. And the people who were there was a Madame Hydra... Um, and a supreme leader and stuff like that. And it was dead interesting watching them having to keep hold of their power. And I felt like almost Captain America had too much hold of his power. And um, it, it didn't make for anything interesting. The, the whole point of an interesting storyline to me is two people, an antagonist and protagonist, rubbing each other the wrong way, pushing the balance of power. There was no balance of power on this. It was, it was, it was almost like that the undergrounds were on the run, but they 
were on the run in the same place all the time, running on the spot. It didn't make that much interest in reading. Well, this is um, this is talking about running in the same place. Obviously, Hydra have discovered now where they are, and they open fire. You know, we get that big. Panel. Oh yeah, it's epic that. Jump back to the cosmic cube. Oh god! And, and the uh, random fucking Red Skull Red turns Skull. up and smacks Steve Rogers on the back of the head with a baseball bat. It's like nails. fucking wrestling. This. <laughs> I love that panel though. It is, it's a good panel. You get but... Red Skull, shirtless Red Red Skull, covered in blood, and he's got a baseball bat with nails in, just resting on the back of his shoulder. But that was so reminiscent, I think, of Negan. Yeah. <laughs> in Walking Dead. Yeah. So Hydra is. Trying to obliterate the underground, and then we get the big, you know, reveal on the last page, where Steve Rogers walks into an empty room, where none other than Bruce Banner is sat behind a table. Oh yeah, and we can see the big Hulk in the background, which is like, like that a panel. projection of the Hulk in the background. Well, I think it's meant to be. It's more so for us. I don't think yeah, that's even meant to be yeah. there, so we realise who that is. And Steve says, "It's good to see you again, old friend," and everyone's like. What? Yeah, how how is <laughs> he alive? He's dead. Like he died in civil, uh, not civil war. Yeah, civil, civil war too. Yeah, Hawkeye shot him. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers for civil war too. Uh, but yeah, so and that's... it was only on that panel there, on the end, that I then shut the book. So shut the book, Christopher, on the other way, and realised ah, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> no, but I realised that's what was probably going to happen. I knew, I thought those, oh, I see, those yeah. hands belong to the Hulk, and then that. But, but then that gave me the answer to what's going to happen now in number fucking six. <laughs> okay, so that's sort of like the shock on the last page. You know, the, the Bruce Banner's back. What the fuck? So of course you want to pick up issue six, which I did. On the front cover, we've got Odinson, um, Scarlet Witch, and Vision. Nicely drawn cover again by Mark Brooks. But did you begin... Is it Mark Brooks? I don't know, actually. Let me double check that. Did you begin to see the problem, though, that I was having reading this? That stuff's happening, but it's only kind of... It's not the most interesting stuff that's happening. It was well, weird. This, is, this is the problem that I had with it. It dragged an awful lot. Yeah. And I feel like it could have been cut down to... I got the consen- you know a five issue miniseries you know half the size. I got the consensus off of people that uh, that I saw online. They thought it dragged, and there's a hint that Marvel are going to do another big event next year involving the Infinity Stones because obviously Infinity oh, they, War comes yeah, next will. year. Yeah. But everyone was kicking off saying you promised us no more big events for yeah. eighteen months, and you've already planned one. They lie. And it's people, comics. And, but what was funny is in all the comments on this Marvel thing, I didn't see one positive one. One person had copy and pasted no more events 50 times. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, again, Brian Michael Bendis, he said uh, about his Spider-Man run, he promised that in 2017 there would be no more crossovers, you know, Miles wouldn't appear any more crossovers. Miles is in Secret Empire, he plays quite a big part in it, so he was bullshitting about that. And the bullshit, you know, he got, he got pushed. Yeah, that's probably the latter. Um... I interrupt this broadcast of Chris's comics to tell you that we have split this episode into two parts because Chris and JB spoke for far too long about comic books. The fucking nerds. You can continue listening to the Secret Empire review and discussion in part two, which will be out next week. Until then, keep talking nerdy.